This week's episode is brought to you by Bad Timing. You know how when you're skydiving and then you hit the ground and then your parachute, oh, boom! I'm Atlas. And I'm Matt. I'm Root Beer. And before this, we were talking about how Matt wants to see someone pull off Chronovisor Heritage three times, which, uh... In a row. It's very important that it be in a row. In a, in a row. So... To be honest, your opponent's probably dead by the third turn, so it doesn't matter. I mean, your opponent's dead by the second turn, if uh, my experience <laughs> on Friday night is to be believed. I mean, that's also true, but if they're not dead by the second, they're almost definitely dead by the third, so the fourth turn doesn't matter, but just, you know, to be like, I had another turn, it, it's just like, yeah, let's go. I get the feeling someone, if they could, would just, like, on the... Uh, after the first turn when they finished attacking, if it didn't kill them, you would just stand, draw, okay, I'm going to end my turn, put it back up, I get another... <laughs> like, just, just... <laughs> oh, the BM. Yeah. That's, so... when, that's when your opponent Miracle Heals, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I'll leave you alive, but just barely. <laughs> you know? Anyway, uh, what we're actually talking about today, and... Uh, I, I can't believe that this was the thing we actually talked about. Uh, Sentinels, Perfect Guards, Quintet Walls. Um, they recently released a, or, you know, revealed a new uh, Perfect Guard for Bermuda Triangle that is different than what we're normally used to. Um, in that, it, A, you can use six copies of it, which is like flying in the face of uh, conventional wisdom. I guess. Or just the rules. Uh, mass production sailor. What was mass production sailor? Oh, stand trigger that you could run 16 copies of. Well, it wasn't so much, it wasn't like, I knew about the, there's also that, um, that mega colony. There's like a machining stand trigger or something. But I was mostly just talking about how like, you can only run four copies of a sentinel in your deck, much like you can only run four copies of heals. And Mm -hmm. this is, uh, different and interesting. What do you guys think about this particular PG? I mean, I don't know how you're going to make space for six copies. Most There are some decks now that can't even fit four perfect guards in the deck. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but like you have so few slots for utility grade ones anyway. Mm-hmm. Like My friends and I even discussed like at many points in the game how many perfect guards we would run if we could have infinitely many. Mm-hmm. And like we probably landed up, like, some decks would want up to six, but I think that's even less now, because the grade one utility slots are very important for a lot of decks. Although this particular card, I, it's a fucking Bermuda, right? Yeah. yeah. It's generic, it's probably, also. Yeah, and it's like... We, we, we there's should... a lot of ones in Bermuda that are, like... Important. Okay. I mean... We like, should... if you're playing one of those stupid Limit Break archetypes, you you know, you, your utility grade one slot's already gone. Yeah. All right, so the the full name and everything, it's Transcend Idol Aqua, and the, st- the skill specifically says Sentinel, but if all the Sentinels in your deck are Transcend Idol Aqua, you may include up to six. Mm-hmm. And then also, you choose a card from your hand and put it into your soul. When it's placed on Guard Circle from hand, you may pay the cost if you do. Choose one of your units, can't be hit. In the battle, if the number of sentinels in your drop zone is two or more, choose all of your rear guards and they can't be hit until end of turn. Also, she's, also she has creepy webbed fingers, but that's beside the point. 
I think this card's like okay. Like I think the card's like decent, yeah. right? But like, you know, I I don't know how often you're gonna run more than four. Yeah, same. <laughs> I mean, the good thing is the option is there. You're not forced to run six; it's that you can run six. Right, right, right. I'm I'm not saying you're forced to run six either. I'm just saying like I'm not sure how relevant it would be. Like if it could be, it could be like ten, and I still don't think it matters. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't think it's drastically different than six. If uh, I mean, it's like a number, but it's not as many as you're going to run. I'm trying to think of situations where this would be helpful. Like I play basic. I've played Bermuda Triangle, like on purpose, maybe twice in all of my time of playing Vanguard. And what would benefit from like putting a card into the soul and or protecting all of your rear guards at once? Um, aside from the ride chain, that was the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah, that's the thing. Is the only thing that would care is Coral now because she needs more Corals in Soul. But uh, but what about like, hitting the Pacifica Crossride? Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, uh, Jesus Christ! Like Coral's the only thing I can think of that would deliberately put things in Soul aside from just having Soul as a resource, but. Like yeah, even then, I can't think of anything that would want to defend all rear guards at once because not as many decks even bother attacking rear guards anymore. They either get rid of them beforehand or they're just going to focus on the vanguard. Unless you're so, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, unless they're going to make good brawler cards, I don't see how that's particularly relevant anymore. There's sole value in making Narukami players slightly more upset. <laughs> Yeah, especially because uh, one of our one of our favorites to kick around, like he gets so pissed at like any little bit of creep that'll screw over an archon. It's it, it's like a fireworks show, just mwah. Okay. It's like I don't think this PG matters a lot. Although I guess it's cool. Like I'm glad yeah. they're finally like thinking about the, like unlifting like this thing that like like this is like a solid PG. And it would have been very good had it come out, like, years ago. Yeah. But it just wasn't there. So, in the that, that it's out, it kind of doesn't matter. But this mm-hmm. also, like, builds on the concept that we came up with during the Game Breakers episode. Or, that Alvin came up with during the Game Breakers episode. Fine. And, um, the, where it was just, like, skills on guarding. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. running six copies of this means that you can, I don't know, uh, the issue draw into don't have Call this as a unit and be relevant. What? The issue is you don't have a, the you, like you still don't have the option to call this as a unit and it be relevant. Yeah, that that is something that like we stipulated on that Bushra didn't do, but I feel like this is like something that the, Bermuda and Murakuma are where they test new things. Um, well, pretty much. The the kind of underlying theme of the skills on guarding discussion was that these were units that were good to call and a good to guard with. Yeah. So it was actually a decision whether you wanted to call this unit or guard with this unit. Yeah, I mean, it's just like this is... They've already kind of done stuff where it's either an alternate way to perfect guard in the case of uh, the, the Lian PG for blasters, or it refunds mm-hmm. itself or gives you a resource. Like, you know, see also the Anastasia, Closet Balloon, uh, Deli Belly... All, all this other stuff, or whatever the Star Vader one was, where if they have three locks, you draw a card. Um, where, like, Perfect Guards back in the day, it was, alright, you guard with it, you discard a card, that's the end of discussion. 
And well, not only discard a card, but discard a card of the same clan. I mean, I, I keep forgetting that people actually did extreme fight stuff. My local man no. did not. When people like back when MLB was first printed, you played Assault, but you had Blaster Darks in your deck. Yeah, you couldn't discard Blaster Dark to Assault. That's true. So, so there would be these situations where you were playing MLB. You would be like have like no cards because your opponent's also playing like Dota or some shit, mm-hmm. and you would you would drive check PG Dark Blaster Dark, and you're like, huh? Yeah. Well, I guess I'm not guarding. <laughs> and and perfect guards were the were at like you know early in the game's history. It was like the most expensive card in your deck. Always, it was you know. Well, once they became usable, yeah. At the very very beginning, they were kind of hard to use because clans didn't have enough cards, except for like Royals and Cairo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, those are the only two clans that had enough cards to make a deck. So their their perfect guards were useful. <laughs> and then over time, because, like, you had that, then uh, once they got into subclans, you had the subclan PGs, which drove down the price of the original PGs, which was good, because you could, you know, there was more supply, which meant the price of everything went down. That's not to say anything about the rest of the game, but... At the time, it was just another way to, like, use a PG. And that was basically the norm up until Legion Era, where they came up with... I I still can't figure out who would use this on purpose, aside from one of my friends, but I think he just does it to meme. Uh, The Quintet Wall. Um, Pretty sure Quintet Walls were around a bit earlier than that. I thought it it was, like, set... They not before Legion. Oh, they did? Yeah, they were out at least during break rides. Quintet Wolf came out, I believe, in BT-14. Brilliant Strike or whatever. There was, like, uh, there was an Aqua Force 1 for who knows what fucking reason. The Genesis... Remember, there was no Genesis 1. Uh, yeah, there was a Genesis 1. I'm almost 100% certain there was an Aqua Force 1 somewhere in that time period. Uh, there was definitely a Gold Paladin one, because they used it in the anime. Yeah, introduced right. in Booster Set 14, Brilliant Strike, so... My yeah. friend, because my friend was playing Tetra Drive, and I was playing a, a monologue at the time, and he would we he would deck out a lot mm-hmm. because Tetra Drive like sees a lot of cards. Yeah, like, you don't get all of them; you just discard most of them. But you get to see a lot. That's the point. Yeah. And uh, he'd be like, "Why would I ever play Quintet Wall? I'm gonna deck out even faster." <laughs> we should probably explain what a Quintet Wall does. When you guard with it, instead of discarding a card, you would pay a cost, usually a counter blast and call the top five cards of your deck to guard circle. Now, the benefit of it, I guess in Bushiroid's eyes, is that, oh, you don't have to waste another card from your hand, but A, it doesn't guarantee that it will be enough to guard the attack by itself, and B, you have to use a counterblast, which, you know, take that as you will. But I think kind of the best way to look at Quintet Walls now Mm-hmm. Because at the time, nobody really wanted. The only reason you played them is if you wanted like Legion like immediately, yeah. Which not the X wanted in the first place. But looking back on it, the, I mean, well, at the time, nobody wanted to play them because their effect was very random. Yeah. You didn't know what you were getting out of the effect, and your deck often would have eight, nine, grade threes because it was Limerick era. You know, you're break riding still, whatever. Um, you know, that's a lot of grade three hits. There's, most of your deck is grade ones and twos. Like, that's a lot of dead hits, and you're really just hoping you hit triggers, but not too many triggers. Yeah. So it's like, what? Now, I think, looking back on it, I think these were kind of like pre-G-Guardians, because you you effectively have this restricted card in your deck that's supposed to do a lot, maybe, but G-Guardians are kind of like a less randomized version. Mm-hmm. 
and the costs, of course, are shuffled differently. But there was really no vehicle for that for a long mm-hmm. time. No vehicle for what? More uh, shield? Or? Uh, well, yeah. So if even like even during Legion era, like how would you make an, an, a a new mechanic that was like vaguely like Sentinel? You couldn't. Like there was no space to do that. Like you could say, "I want heal triggers to do something," but what? That makes Put sense. Put on the heels, and that's like, eh. Then you're, like, divvying up support. Mm-hmm. And they ended up doing it anyway, but you know what I mean. I did it. Um, but, you know, they released more Quintet Walls in, you know, Legion era, and I'm guessing not many people use them, coming from a guy who wasn't playing during then. But Nope. 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 Yeah. I think the only deck that would, would are, like, Legion acceleration decks, like, uh, Risers. Because yeah. you wanted to do it as quickly as possible for Cat Riser, and you didn't really care about your hand. Makes sense. I mean, well, anyway, by just uh, attacking your opponent a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that like a lot of the or the reason it, they weren't very popular was because, like, in a game where uncertainty is like a big deal or is a big thing, and perfect guards were one of the few things you could count on a quintet wall is just kind of pulling the rug out from under you. Quintet wall is kind of like, man, I hope this works. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. let, let me know if this works. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, as we already said, like, no matter what you hit, it feels like you lose. <laughs> Cause... Well, yeah, because you're either taking triggers out of your deck or you're taking things that, depending on what deck you are, you want them in the deck, like if you're paladins or something. Yeah. Right. And also, those things that you pull out that aren't really worthwhile are also things that can't guard very well. Yeah, so you, you could you could end up losing more cards out of your hand than you would have if you just used a perfect guard. Mm-hmm. So, jumping ahead to early G era, um, every literally every clan got a perfect guard that if you had another copy in drop zone, you could unflip a damage. And the stipulation with that was it could only guard the vanguard. So... This was also during a time, or, or like, in early G era, was the whole Commander Laurel thing, like, a big deal, Matt? Um, not, well, no, because the only thing you were doing was the Promo Legion, and your only stride was the stupid five selection stride. Uh-huh. The one that everyone had, you know, the set that everybody got and stuff. Um, it wasn't thing till Cosmic War. Gotcha. But, in... Because... Go ahead. I, mean, I guess you still had, you still had Sinbuster. Right. Yeah. And that was, I guess, really the only thing you could do. Mm-hmm. But it was really, really bad. <laughs> because you didn't have a way to plus. Like, yeah. you were just hoping you drew all the needed parts. Gotcha. And you didn't have a way to consistently ride Sinbuster. So your deck was just really, really, really inconsistent. Gotcha. And easy to beat if your opponent knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until Cosmic War where you got um, both the Ride Fixer... Um, Whose name escapes me at one po- at this point? The metal board guy that when you ride when you ride you can like soul boss one or kind of boss one soul boss one to like search out the correct guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, Dyer, who yeah. like who like you know create a field for two counter blast and then you know just be a stride that does something. You also got the metal board stride, which let you plus and had a guard restrict. Oh yeah, the one that came in the previous five question. Yeah, mm-hmm. heavy dude. Uh, which is- yeah, whichever one that was. I don't remember which Fire Slash that was. But yeah. So, no, lore wasn't a thing until the Cosmic War Booster. And even then, uh, I had a tournament the weekend that Booster came out. Mm-hmm. Because Booster Road always does this crap. Mm-hmm. 
where they're like, oh, the and no one knew what the build was, like the best build was. So I was playing like this D Robo concoction, like you know, just and I had like stand triggers in my deck for some reason it was awful. Don't don't do what I did. <laughs> uh, I was because I was playing uh, Reka or whatever her name is, the one that like plus four K shuffle back. Then if your Vanguard's worth thirty seven thousand, like draw. Well, it, it it was terrible because at the end of the day, you just want a bunch of D Robos in your deck, and she was not a. Uh, also, stand triggers are terrible. Uh, but, and it turned out that by, like, a couple weeks, we knew that it should have been, should have been Break Rights and Buster. Like, almost But, and that deck was broken. And it is unfortunate that Japan never got to use that deck. <laughs> Why? Because, uh, uh they, ba- they restricted a little to one in Japan, like, right, right. at Sierra Stone. Right, right. And they didn't unrestrict it until, like, G-Guards came out. Yeah. Or, like, almost. So, but, like, it was a big deal, because if you attacked a rear guard when you had a board with Laurel on it, that was pretty much all but guaranteed to get you your, uh, your restand. Or, at the very least, like, take out a bunch of cards of, out of the opponent's hand. Yeah, before G-Guards, it re- yeah, you would, you would drop, like, four or five cards to prevent, and, like, that's just not even worth. Because, mm-hmm. like, the, the, the unflip PGs were 99% of the time better than... Uh-huh. Than the original. Mm-hmm. The, the only like reason you wouldn't run it is if you needed the name for some reason. Like if you were still running a sub clan. Well, at the mm-hmm. time, people were playing a lot of Abyss. Uh huh. People were, I mean, and they would still play the um, they would still play the special PG. Um, they were playing a lot of uh, like even like the Royal like Thing Saver decks would still play a lot of uh, those PGs. Like there's just really not a lot of the. I mean, there's really just no reason to play old PGs. Yeah. yeah. You were explicitly thinking about um, the Rome in particular. Yeah, I also noticed that, like, perfect. You know, Sentinels, despite being a staple in almost everything, or everything, I'll just say that they weren't really putting them in trial decks until the G era, right? Which was kind of ridiculous, I think. I mean, at for a while, they were kind of like the only annoying thing to get, like. Oh, do you have your PGs yet? Oh, I have three, you know, or something stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, I'm playing this clan, I have their PGs. Like, I'm in there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a big deal. Like, I don't know. I, I do agree that some PGs got, like, really out of hand. But I think now that they're printing skill PGs, it's a lot easier to print, like, vanilla ones. Yeah. So, like, I think before, they weren't printing PGs with skills, and then, like, at all. So I think it's fine to not have them elsewhere. Yeah. Speaking of PGs with skills, when did when did that kind of like start happening? Was that like GBT09 era? No, before that. Because when they started introducing keywords, because they started making keyword PGs. Right, right. We had stuff like um, I think it was around six that one that started because I think that's when we got Hope Keeper. Right. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of these, you know, I guess around GBT06, you would start getting PGs that either. Uh, you know, recycled themselves or did a still on rear guard. In the case of Hopekeeper, it was when it was in Brave, when you called it, you can counterblast one, it would get plus two, and then go back to your hand at the end. So the idea mm-hmm. was to, like, rush, and then you get your PG back at the end of the turn. Um, but you also had stuff like, you know, ar- around, uh, you know, 10 or 11 or that kind of thing, you would get these PGs that would refund themselves. So stuff like Closet Balloon and Anastasia... That when you PG with them, if you met this condition, you would draw a card to make up the cost of discarding. So, 
Closet Balloon and was having another copy in Seoul with Anastasio's Thunderstrike 4, stuff like that. Um, I thought that was pretty neat, especially, like, over time where these attacks were getting so big or so frequent that two cards out of your hand for one attack was all, like, that was painful, depending on what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, that that's what it ended up being at the end of the G-Era, or where we are now, I guess, because you have the, you know, Extreme Battler one where you counterblast a draw, or uh, Deli Belly and Great Nature where you soul blast draw a card and unflip a damage, which, God, I love that thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, lately, it seems like they're going, like, all over the place with the skill PGs, because at first with stuff like Hope Keeper and the Bloom one, it was, like, when you called copies of it, you could return them to hand, so they were kind of searchable PGs. And I think in that set, too, we got the uh, Nova Grappler one, where you counterblast, give something 10k and intercept, so it kind of, like, it was like a functional extra shield. Well, and then... Like, around 9, they started giving, like, recyclable PGs, because that's what they introduced Ezras, but then, at the same time, they made stuff like, uh, what was the Thunderstrike one that wasn't that good? Anastasia? Like, no, that was at, that was an 11. They made another one. That was 12, actually. But... Oh, 12. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. that was 12. They had another Thunderstrike one that whatever something goal. stupid, I can't remember. Um... Yeah, but, like, I, I, it's weird that, like, different types of still PGs fell into different camps. Uh, which one do you think was the best? I, aside from Ezra's, that's, like, the best. That's the that's the goat of, of PGs. Uh, aside from Ezra's, which was the best? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Like, based on what was out at the time, I would probably say the ones like Hope Keeper that were, recycl- that were searchable. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I remember the Thunderstrike one was really shitty. It was just something like Thunderstrike Two. You could retire something at the end of your turn or something stupid like that. Uh, give me one second. Found it. Wyvern uh, Defender Gold. That's what I said. I, I didn't hear you. Sorry. There's <laughs> Soul Blast. Uh, Th- Thunderstrike Two. Give me one. Uh, Soul Blast, choose one of your other rear guards and retire it. At the end of the battle that he boosted something with the Thunderstrike ability, you may pay the cost if you do. Return this unit to your hand, and your opponent chooses one of his or her rear guards and retires it. So basically, it's just... It's a one-for-one trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> and then now we've come back full circle to what we were saying at the beginning with the Bermuda PG. Mm-hmm. Um, well... No, because there were more PGs in between that, because they started doing a lot of, like, really random skills, too. Like what? Like... The, uh, re- would that bind the card for, at random? To return it, like, after you return they it? They started making a lot of PGs that started, like, binding themselves to do random stuff. Oh, yeah, there's Arca that, like, there's the, you know, there's there's the standard binds which bind themselves to return to their PG, right? Yeah. Like, Arca and the Dominate one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I counted that in the same camp as Ezra's, though, where it's just yeah. you... Oh no, Ezra's is just like far superior to that. Oh yeah, of course, I think. But like they realized Ezra's was a mistake, so they started trying to balance them mm-hmm. better. And then I think after a while, they just decided that recycling PGs in general were kind of stupid and stopped making them because, like, starting around set thirteen, I think they started making a lot of PGs to start doing really random things, like bind the co- like 
find it from the drop zone and give all of your units resist or something like that. Because I know that was in the Stargate one for uh, D-Police, yeah. yeah. And then there was... Also, the Aqua Force PG that was Blue Wave, where you bind it, give something back row attack. There's also uh, the Revelation PG, where when you guarded with it, you would do the Revelation. And then also, when you it was retired from Guard Circle, if you had a copy of her in Soul, you could Soul Charge too. Yeah. That was certainly strange. Yeah, I was like, they realized that. Uh, recycling PGs were broken, so they stopped it, but then, instead of just giving everyone a refunding PG, like Anastasia and Closet Balloon, they just started doing really random shit. Yeah. I mean... But the problem, and the problem with doing really random shit is that eventually some of that shit will be stupid. Yeah. Eventually some of that shit will be stupid. Uh, I, the, I need to start... What? And then another trend that they started that was basically, like, after a while they stopped making GPGs guard only the vanguard, they could guard any unit. And then, randomly they started making ones that could only guard the grade 3 strider boss. Yeah, that, or that was... Or only guard the clans. Yeah. Or archetypes or whatever it was, like the... Where's Mega Colony? Um... Like, like the Mega Colony uh, one could only guard Dark Face, the Victor one could only guard Victor... Victor. But then they would also keep making PGs that could guard all units, too. Yeah, like, like Deli Belly, which came out at the same time as the Mega Colony one, could work. It's just yeah. that the refunding ability was Big Belly-specific. Mm-hmm. So, odd. Anyway, the uh, the Black Weevil, Adherence Mutant Black Weevil, the other still aside from the PG still, is from Drop Zone... You could bind two copies of him, draw a card, and countercharge or soul charge. Yeah. So, like, it was just, it was some odd shit. Like, Yeah. And then they also made, like, keyword PGs only guard the keyword, I think. I don't know. I guess that's just something about Bushiro's design philosophy, where they're not consistent. I mean, they go through and, phases a lot. Like, just... Yeah. Why are they well, doing this? Oh, he's just going through a phase. He'll be over it in a while. Can we get a map of like hiring and firing decisions from Road to like figure out where, uh, like, what things are changing? Like, wh- whoever was in charge of eleven or twelve, they must uh, eleven and twelve. They must have fired his ass, even though he was doing yeah. fine. Like, right? Yeah. Or twelve and thirteen. Mm-hmm. Well, no, thirteen was the big power creep. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. that yeah. was the one. You're right, eleven, twelve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, there was also Doomshid that could gain shield. Like yeah. that was also a thing for a very short period during ten and eleven, where like they made the gold paladin PG that when you guard with it, if you had unite, it would gain like ten or fifteen k. I can't remember. And then Doomshid was the same thing where you had a copy and drop zone, it would gain shield. You could uh, put something on bottom of deck. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. Um. It's also weird that, like, over time they started making PGs that were rares. And they mm-hmm. weren't necessarily bad, they were just rare for some reason, instead of just, instead of double R. I think that was when they started cutting down on the size of boxes. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Like, um, where's the, like, like the, in the Zoo Booster there was, uh, Armatizia? Uh, Armatizia? Mustatir Kiara. Where you could only guard Musketeers, which makes sense because it's a fucking subclan. And mm-hmm. the other stuff is you, from drop, you bind it, choose another card from your drop zone, and put it on the bottom. You choose a Musketeer, and it gets plus 2k. So, yeah. 
what like I was playing against uh, Dave a few nights ago, and he was using this, and he waited until his final turn when his deck his deck was like six cards or something, and he used it four times and put four crits on the bottom. <laughs> and then he called something which then required him to shuffle. It was like it was horrifying. Um, but yeah, so so there was that, and then I don't know. I just now we've come full circle. And what 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 does this mean for the future? Obviously, they're going to have to make keep making perfect guards as time goes on, with whatever the future is or whatever. I'm not good at talking. Well, I assume what's going to happen is they're going to keep making like skill PGs and like keep bouncing around on what they want and what they do until they actually make a broken one. Mm-hmm. Like, like inevitably, that what that's what has to happen, right? Yeah. Is they're just going to keep making random ass PGs that do actual random shit, and they're going to make one that's like on guard kill a guy, they're gonna be like, <laughs> what? or on guard choose a circle, <coughs> choose a circle, retire all units in that circle. <laughs> I mean, I'm cool oh, with that. <laughs> just like what? Like why? Yeah. <laughs> just like ignoring the resist, even. Also, there's this very brief phase they had during sets eleven and twelve where they would get actually maybe starting set nine where they would start giving people like uh, qu- new quintet walls with skills, and then like after set twelve they immediately stopped. Yeah, <laughs> and look no further for that than wait here's. Sentinels, um, two, 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 down in Murakuma. Where are you at? Uh, there was <laughs> what? People actually play the Quintet Wall in Murakuma. Who's was like, what? Found it. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Loveaholic Stealth Rogue, uh, Temenoi. So you counterblast Soul Blast because Murakumo just didn't have enough costs to begin with. When this unit is placed on Guard Circle from hand, you may pay the cost if you do. Call five cards from the top of your deck to guard circle, and if you call the unit with the Shadow Stitch ability, she gets plus 5k shield on the battle. Then also, on guard circle, all your other grade 3 or less guardians get, when this is retired from guard circle, you may put this card on the bottom of your deck. Yep. Why? <laughs> Why is that cost that steep? Because they hate Murakumo. Like, if, they... okay, again. Murakumo has a, you know, give rear guard attack. Or give you ever guard drive checks that cost counterblast one, soul blast two, discard a card, or sorry, put a sorry, discard a card, and then you know have another relevant effect or another relevant cost. Then you look at uh, what's his name, Alfred. His cost is what? Soul blast one. Counterblast one, I think. Or, or is this counterblast one? Yeah. Whichever. It's like you know a third of that. It's like what? Yeah. Both of them involve dropping a card, which I guess makes sense, but the. Just the Counterblast 1, Soul Blast 2, and also... Also, the Alfred one just always gives Twin Drive. Yeah, and the... And the uh, what's his face? Um, the Murakumo... The, the Murakumo one just gives whatever he picks a drive check, so you have to do a grade 3 if you want the Twin Drive. Right. The only thing you can say about the Murakumo one is like, oh, but it can... You can call the thing... You call the thing it gives a skill to, so you're up a unit, right? And you're like, Sure. Is that worth Counterblast 1 Soul Blast? Or is that worth, like, Soul Blast 2? No. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no, it ain't. Or whatever. A call for a turn is not worth Soul Blast 2. Not even close. <laughs> yeah. I'm also... I, I kind of like their idea of having these uh, PGs that return to your hand so that if you call them, like, it's not a big deal. Um, 
you know, Stealth Road of the Silk Umbrella Shizune, which was Soul Blast at, uh, at when the attack of uh, Shadow Stitch ability hits a Vanguard, you may bounce it to your hand, which that kind of sucks. But, you know, you had stuff like that, or Seawall Banshee, or, you know, th- thing, things that you could basically get more mileage out of a PG. I feel like that is better overall than the, uh, than the refunding PG. Mm-hmm. Most of mm-hmm. the, most of the time, in, in, unless you're in great nature, then you have uh, fine coat Maltese who just <sighs> all right. So it's um, it, it still is from the drop zone GB one. You choose two of your rear guards that are successful and retire them. At the end of your turn, you may pay the cost if you do. Search your deck for up to one fine coat Maltese. Reveal it, put it in your hand, and shuffle. What bothers me about that is that I don't really ru- you don't really run enough success units that are on the board at the same time. Because usually what'll happen is you have one thing with success, and the other side is either Big Belly or Crayon Tiger. So, right. I mean, granted, Big Belly himself has the success ability, but you want to keep him. So it, it, it's just kind of odd. Also, you have to then search the card anyway, which means you don't really get more mileage. You can just get to it quicker. And in a deck like Great Nature, where you have you know around ten cards in your hand at any at any given time, you're going to run into PGs. Probably, yeah. Compared to Seawall Banshee, which is GB1, Soul Blast 1, you drop a card, you choose another copy from your drop zone and put it on bottom. When this hollowed unit is retired, if you have a Vandor with Night Rose, you can return it to your hand. Um, it does kind of suck that you have to drop the card for it, but being able to then call this from drop on the next turn and doing it anyway. I hear a lot of Night Rose players are running three copies of this and one copy of like a vanilla PG, like Gustin or Freddy the Ghosty. Um, this because you you can have PGs ready for you know what whatever is needed, and then the the Dustin literally just for the G guard that calls something from drop, so you can have a PG that way. Hmm. I've not seen Night Rose do anything, so I wouldn't know. Um, yeah, same. I mostly have been getting my information from Commander Jaime. So yeah, Night Rose came back very briefly, and then Chaos became super broken, so she died again. Yeah. Until something kills Chaos, a lot of decks are going to be oppressed. Um, but still, that which is already wait, you mind going? It's okay. Gears will be the de- best deck in the format again. Uh, Gears is pretty good. I don't want that again. I I, <laughs> I just got over the PTSD. Like you know what's really good against um against luck? Taking extra turns. Yeah, that's true. As it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. And, At least <laughs> Overlord went away. Overlords have gone away? Yeah, I think so. I think Victor was able to keep up with them, and then Gears kind of pushed them out. Oh, good. I have Victor now, so that's cool. Um, So referring back to to the Game Breakers thing with the guard skill, uh, I feel like they should really be combining, you know, PGs that do things on guard circle and also the, like, either the bounce effect or being able to recycle themselves. As as time goes on, like the if you combine like something like Seawall Banshee with you know something like Deli Belly, it would it would be truly amazing. And granted, it would do a lot compared to <laughs> the original. Hmm. 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 Uh, uh... I guess Bushiroad is still having a hard time trying to balance recycling PGs because 
The ones they've made recently kind of suck. Yeah. No, I haven't made that many of them recently. Yeah. Because, well, like, they made Ezros, it was too broken. And then they made, I think it was Enigman Calm, which was good, but then Burst was still a bad deck. Uh, and then yeah. calm because I totally forgot his ability. Anyway, let's. Okay, so it's burst. Uh, GB two, you counterblast, soul blast. At the end of the battle, that your vanguard with the burst ability attacked. If it's forty k or greater, you may pay the cost. If you do, return it to your hand. And if it's forty five k or greater, you counter charge. Which uh, that's incredibly easy to do now. <laughs> yeah. With the new gallery. Well, it was incredibly easy to. Well, it was fairly easy to do before, but like. It still doesn't... Like, the deck's just not good, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You can have all the PGs in the world, but you can't kill your opponent. Why, why, why do you care? Yeah. And then there was Arco, where you had to bind, like, it's a copy of itself and then a ZTB trigger from to return it to hand, which was... Like, people started playing it just because recycling PGs is better. Also and said- you needed more ZTBs. And then, like, the most recent one I can think of was the Darkness one that we covered last week, which was binding another copy of itself from Drop Zone or Soul to return it to hand. Yeah. But it seemed like Closet Balloon was almost more worth it just because you could... The binding it from your soul to get it back from Drop, you could just pull it out of your soul to begin with. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really good late game. Where, alright, cool, I have three in my drop zone, let's get one back, that kind of thing, but, mm-hmm. um, you know. And that, like, a lot of the t- the list that top ru- also run Listig Vampire anyway, so they could just pull it out when they guard with Listig. Exactly, so I'm guessing people used, uh, Plaza Balloon, aka Depeche Mode Groupie, more than... Whatever I think was. so. I haven't actually looked at any topping darkness lists. I haven't either, because uh, I apparently do my research or whatever, except I don't. Um, <laughs> aren't I the best fucking podcast host ever? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I just what, one misguided attempt, which they did this with Mega Colony and Murakumo, is that the bouncing PG had an on-hit skill. Oh. Something had to hit, which is fucking terrible. Like, yep, yep. Stuff like arc, but it matches. But it kind of, you know, count. You know, gives you a reason for them not to guard your shadow or to guard your shadow stitch abilities. <laughs> like the one I thought of was the Nubatomla one, where something that was dominated had to hit. I mean, granted, that was more doable. Yeah, but well, it's also just a PG, so you can just guard with it and be like, "Oh, oh, cool! I can I can do this later." Like you don't you don't like you don't care that much, right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. also you were pulling it from drop zone and not from rear guard. If it's in yeah. if it's in drop zone, the opponent is might not be thinking about it as much. Where if they go, "All right, I'm going to call the you know the mega colony one," it's sitting there the whole time. You go, "Okay, I can't let it's that not, column hit." It's not even that you know they're thinking about it, not thinking about it. So they might not have a choice. In what sense? Like they they might just have to take a damage from dominating it. Yeah. Like, how many cards are you willing to spend so they don't get... A PG back to their hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, especially because, like, this one didn't bind anything. It just put another copy on bottom, much like Ezra's, which, as we have established before, is fucking broken. (laughs) If only the deck were good. Yeah. I mean, the the Lord stuff is good. It's just everything around it. It's a madman to play Lord right now. Just actual madman. Yeah. No, just right stuff, wrong time. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I brought a baseball bat. Yeah, but we're playing basketball today. Oh. 
Guess I'll go home then. <laughs> like guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing that you know I'm gonna call a bunch of stuff and get a bunch of cards in my hand or whatever, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna heritage you. <laughs> like, oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm in a favorite or, champion. I'm gonna lock oh. your boy so you can't retire anyway. Yeah. Oh. You don't even need favorite champ. I think a lot of people just use the one from uh... winning champ. Yeah. Winning champ is the shit, dude. <laughs> like. That... Yeah, it is. It's great. <laughs> that thing's amazing. Like, it's almost at the level of like I would just need four and I don't need anything else, but it's not quite there because you still have like Victoplasma is really solid and favorite champ is really fucking solid. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I get to fuck around with not as good DI and eventually when I get my brave split. Are are you're actually doing this? You're doing the brave stuff? Yeah. I already bought into a split. Oh, fun. I like I like how that how brave of you. Oh, a uh, <laughs> fun dumb backstory to this. So, this deck has been in our group of friends like for the better part of a year at this point. Like, unintentionally. So I, I had it for a while, then I gave it, sold it to my friend Jared, then he sold it to Alvin, and Alvin, you just have it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, have you, like, tried to sell it and just no one's been after it, or what? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I could never get anyone, I could never find a particularly good deal for it, so I'm just keeping it now. Uh, I mean, the my friend Jesse tested out the new shit uh, <laughs> last week, and it's fucking horrifying like that first stride yeah you just feed as them until they're dead that's the, that's the goal pretty much a better plan than most what most decks have yeah it, it seems like a lot of these grs like i've got i've gotten so good that you just like all right cool feed, do this till they're dead alexandros winning champ Bala earl feed as mm-hmm. till they're dead off with your head dance till you're dead i don't really have any Thing else to say about Sentinels? I just know that this uh, Bermuda one is odd. Also, the webbed hands it's freak me out. Incredibly meh. Yeah, but it's. I think that's Bermuda at this point. Yeah, that's Bermuda at this point. There's the best deck coming out of this set so far is fucking Coral. Really? Yes. Wow. Bermuda. Bermuda. Everything good. else is that shitty. That sucks. I'm going to. I'm formulating a weird deck with Shizuku. I don't know how well it's going to work out yet. I mean, Bermuda Triangle is, again, an odd egg in the basket, especially, like, we we I, I we, we mentioned last week that I forgot to do the, like, Chocho TD and the set with all the stuff in there when it came out for the set review, and you said that you don't want to do the this coming Bermuda set anyway. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> just no fucks but given. If there's a deck that does something, we'll cover it. But I just don't think Bermuda is particularly significant right now. Well, right. we'll have to see. Um, I don't know. A- any- anything else to add about uh, Sentinels, which we got incredibly off-topic uh, off from? Well, we were on topic the whole time. They're yeah. next the basic playing of the game. Because sometimes you just die if you don't have them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, they're one of those things where if you like the idea of running less than four is absurd. Now, when at the beginning of the game's history, it didn't used to be that way. Well, when you're you know the highest your opponent was attacking you for was like eighteen k, right? Yeah. Or like here's a ten and a five, two to pass, whatever. I mean that's 
I mean, it's what, like, like what you're going to discard for RPG, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like meh. And now everything's in like the 50Ks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you're not you're not guarding out with cards from your hand. You're G-guarding or PGing. You're, otherwise, you're saying no guard. Yeah. So, hooray! The guard skills thing is a very very good idea, is because it makes part you know other cards worth it to guard with. Mm-hmm. Like numbers have gotten so out of hand that cards aren't like the whole point of grade ones and twos being 5K shield is kind of like diminished, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, in the olden times, you had, uh, like, special interceptors. If you intercepted the 10K shield or whatever. Saw almost no play even then. Yeah, so because they made him 8K for no reason. You, you oh. played him in crappy spikes because that, that was your end. You would go, okay, I'm going to call two of these guys, 16-16, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then you had two 10K shields to try to live again. Yeah. But... For the most part, like nobody played Splash Interceptors, but what cards need to do now is if they want to make decks with you know small pokes less important, you know if you want to you know you want to make small pokes less important, you want um, big numbers to seem small like to seem smaller. Then what you do is you have guard skills on grade ones and twos that increase shield and see car- and give give you cards back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you could easily make a grade, you know, like a grade two or something. Like when this plays on guard circle, or when this retired from guard circle, right? If the attack did not hit, like draw a card. Yeah. Um, like, actually, cards are broken. Actually, mm-hmm. there was no, there was another thing I forgot to mention. Um, they also included in this upcoming Bermuda set a grade two that can be used as fodder for a G guard. That is the only skill it has, though. Now, yeah. Now that is a very interesting idea. If it had another skill. Right. 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 Like, why doesn't this have another skill? Like, why would you make a vanilla... Is it in... I'm sure it's a 9K, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. A, 9K. it's a 9K. It's, it's yeah. just like, why are you printing this card? Like, what do you what do you want this card to accomplish? And they're like, we just want this card to be a uh, another G-Guard cost. All right, but you're not giving any benefit to calling it. Yeah. Granted, like, this isn't a deck that it bounces stuff back to your hand, so that at least makes a little sense. Like, yeah, but... There's still no reason to call it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, give it, like, you know, make it, like, even like a 12k attacker. Yeah. Or, or, you know, whatever, right? I, that would be better than what it is. Like, that would make the card feel more, like, complete. Yeah, or... The card feels like they made half a card. Mm-hmm. Like, Definitely. Oh, like, heal triggers have another side. They heal you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I... Blindly, I, I I and think, now they're making heal triggers that you can bind two copies to, like, counter charge or soul charge. Mm-hmm. Which is brilliant in that they should, they, you know, I like that they make them sub-clan just to, like, if you want to mm-hmm. run them. And, they, like, it, it, they're doing fine with that. Keep that up. But Oh, yeah, uh, these are much better than the fire selection heals. Yeah. They also don't yeah. only work when you go into one specific G-Guard, especially since that G-Guard might be, uh, might be yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, I, whatever the other one does. And what's cool about the Spike Brothers heal is that you can get it with a, a Jelly Beans. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so uh, Spike Brothers more ways to get heal triggers. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you you can search it with Jelly Beans and then proceed to misplay it on the Nexus Core YouTube channel and get yelled at by Living Proof. That's like, <laughs> well, oh, just don't misplay it. How hard is that? I mean, I'm I'm pretty dumb. Like, <laughs> just read your cards. It wasn't a matter of like knowing what the card did or not. It was just like misplaying because I didn't know the ins and outs of the deck or what to do in that situation. 
Oh, well, you chose to lose, right? No, I won in that game, actually. Oh, oh you, you won it. Oh, okay. Must be nice. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. um, well, as, as it turns out, Sprite Brothers is a very strong deck anyway. Um, in, any, in any case, uh, I think maybe, like, that this is, like, the start of something with Booster. Like, in order for the G-Guardian thing with also a rear guard still to be connected, you would have to be, like, either find a way to put it back to your hand by the end of the turn, which in Bermuda is very easy. Or uh, something like, when you intercept, you can then use the, you can then call a G-Guardian. That would be kind of neat. Um, yeah. But it would still need to do something on rear guard to be worth playing, because yeah. grade 2 is such a tight space. Yeah. Like, almost no deck will want to sacrifice their grade 2s for some cheeky utility that you're not always going to have. Yeah. Or, or, or having a grade two where you're like, I'm just going to throw this in here for the hell of it. No. You, yeah. You do that in your grade one lineup. Your yeah, you do that lineup, in your grade one, maybe your grade three lineup. You're never going to do it in grade two because that's where the majority of your offensive power comes from. Yeah. So, step in the right direction, Bushra, but I, maybe try again. Um, and, yeah, so that, that that was pretty much it regarding that thing. Um, I think it's also probably time they started giving triggers guard skills as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or or at least just something besides I put myself back in deck and do this thing. Um, uh-huh. Well, now we have a zero power critical trigger that can double the attacking power of a GB2 unit. That's pretty neat. Though. I like that. I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about this card right now. I'm still thinking. <laughs> Still what? Thinking? All you need to know is people are unable to read. Yeah. I actually didn't even think to look at the power until someone mentioned zero. Because in your head, if a trigger has an effect, it's 4,000 power. And... Mm -hmm. 3,000 power. That too, but mostly 4,000. Oh, wait. It can double any unit's power. It gives it a crit if it's GB2. Gotcha. Right. Um, let's see, yeah, what was the full skill here? It was... It was GB2, yeah. Counterblast 1, return it to hand. When it boosts, you can pay cost. If you do, until end of battle, double the boosted unit's power, and if it has G- a U- uh, GB2, then it gets crit plus 1, and then increase by its power when it's boosted, which means not the base power. If its power increased or in some way when it's boosted, then yeah, uh, you so- double that. So it's like a tapering beaver, where if you boost you and it hits success, then then you double the power. So if it's like, mm-hmm. all right, 17 and 13, that would be 30. You then double it to 60. Um, I, I'm pretty sure there have been cards that specified original power before, so that is a distinction yeah. that they've made. Yeah. That, no, no, the, For anyone that tries to argue this point in the future, like they have, in fact printed original power before. I can't think of a card off of the top of my head, but like I know for a fact that they've made this distinction before. Yeah. Still pretty neat though. Um Hooray. Any uh anything else to add? Oh also if you need a source for original power, the mechanic of stride uses the original power of the Vanguard. Oh. Nice. That works. Hang so on. yes. Original power is a distinction. It doesn't matter because it looks it only looks at original power. Yeah, so we have a stride gives us a basis for original power. So 
Yep. Yeah, don't argue that as far as the uh, doubling of whatever increased power. I'm just going to call them all stupid. All right, and as we come to the end of the episode, we have our new favorite segment, I Can't Believe You Said That! Wait, you're kidding, right? Now, uh, this week, it is referring... It, it has to do with uh, the episode topic, which is Perfect Guards, and it, uh, this comes from Van Gods. And the guy put up a picture of Transcend Idol Aqua, the Perfect Guard we were talking about for a lot of the episode, and it says, This is bullshit. Of course Bermuda get more special treatment. And he's got, like, the eye-rolling emoji. <laughs> When was the last time Bermuda Triangle did anything relevant? Uh, okay, the, okay. When, when he says special treatment, does he mean like special in the like unlimited like access to cool shit that other people don't, or does he mean special like special Olympic special? Like special in the comedic sense. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. I mean the like yeah, it, it's something different that other people don't have, and yeah, she has webbed fingers, which creeps me out. But like the. Just Jesus Christ! It's not that good. <laughs> no, it's not. It is not that good. Like Speaking it is an that, average PG. He with the capability of running more that you're not going to. Yep. In the continuing saga from last week. Oh okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! So Matt, you have one with the same guy from the last same week. guy from the subreddit. So last last week it was the guy. What, what did he say last week? Uh. Or, or what was, it. I get right now. Or what was it about? I, it was it was his uh saying how he's skillful for playing a different you know like not right. the meta deck right right right. This is the continuing saga, and this is about Night Rose in particular. So so uh, I need because that gives this quote some context. I mean, gr- granted, <laughs> Night Rose is a hard deck to play. That's all I'm going to say. But... All right. So start quote. Tbh Negrolaxi. And Negrobone are pretty meh. Adding them to my list, I think, is going to make it inconsistent and lose offensive power. I'm going to try them because I like the fact that you're taking your time to try to help me, but those are my first impressions. End quote. I mean, more attacks and more calls from drop zone is a lack of offensive power. What? Like, and his list was inconsistent as shit to begin with. So I don't know how it's going to make it more inconsistent. Yeah, I I just, I just can't. I, this I don't know. People, I I, don't, I I I can't I can't come up with a with a sentence that expresses my feelings. <laughs> this person, uh, you are made of stupid. Made of stupid. <laughs> I don't, the George Takei meme. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't want to work out because it makes me tired, and I'm not getting any skinnier right away. Man, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I I hope we keep running into this guy as time goes on because th- this is just a gold mine of like. I get the feeling he's new to the game, which maybe we shouldn't be making fun of someone who's new and is figuring shit yeah. out. But yeah, it's but also like, really fun. if you're gonna get interested in the clan, you should probably learn how it works. Like, Why would I don't do know, like, the only reason I could think of that he would think it was inconsistent is because you have to re- either, like, call over your stuff or retire your own stuff. Right. Grant- granted, that is that is kind of something that, like, if you don't play Night Rose, uh, every other deck you've played, like, calling over things feels bad. 
because but, it's but going call, away. Okay, here's the thing, right? When you're retiring something, to call it something, that's not a minus. It's a zero except the unit's standing. Yeah. Like, I don't see how you could even convince yourself, even in the framework of just never playing Night Rose, like, from mm-hmm. just a card value perspective, how you can convince yourself this is bad. I mean, it it, it just it just feels like, weird. Like, plus a card. Yeah, but like, if you're going to get into the clan whose gimmick is specifically manipulate the drop zone, you should probably like understand how it works before you start trying to build anything. I mean, like, so what I do when I come up to a new thing, right, is I copy whatever the most meta version of the deck is, and I play it, and I'm like, oh, this is pretty good, and then I uh, make small changes, because unless there's something new and wacky, you know, it's mm-hmm. probably not gonna be better than whatever everyone else is playing. No reason to reinvent the wheel. Like, some, do people miss stuff? Yes. Do people miss stuff often? No. Like, you can you can play interesting stuff, but don't call it, like, the new version of the deck. It's just, oh, I'm testing this to see if it's better. And if it's not, that sucks. If it is, cool, you did it. But yeah. the latter probably won't happen very often. I mean, in essence, these games are mostly, like... Deck building, in a sense, is just a series of failures. Like, you're going to create a lot of bad decks before you create a good one. Mm-hmm. Feels, uh, makes sense. Which is why, like, the standard, like, you know, mid-range, you know, mid-rangey kind of, oh, I'm going to just grind out my opponent or, like, the easiest to build because it's pretty easy to understand. I want a bunch of cards that gain value. Yeah. But when you're trying to say, oh, I'm going to come up with a sweet combo deck, it's hard to get all those pieces right in the right ratios. Mm-hmm. And the right backup plans. And the right what? Backup plans. Oh, backup plans. If any. Like, sometimes it's correct just not even have a backup plan, just go all in. Yeah. But people are so convinced of, oh, well, how do I beat this? It's like, well, how often do you expect to encounter this? Unless, unless it's Link Joker. Uh, yeah. Right. And also, more importantly, how often does encountering that actually affect your plan either way? Because this game is pretty linear. A lot of times, plan A is the best plan, and your backup plan is just, how do I make plan A work again? So your backup, no, your backup plan in Vanguard is always drop your hand and attack them. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but even like, that is just like, I'm still trying to get plan A to work, I just need them to be at higher damage faster for it. But I, I, I think yeah. the thing with this guy is that his plan A isn't everyone else's plan A. It's All like, right, it, it's like Plan Sigma or something. It's G-Zone in 2018. What? Guys, Obadiah is G-Zone in 2018. Yeah. One of my friends has Obadiah in his G-Zone in 2018. Granted, it this is before the release of Rosal, so I kind of get it, but now that Rosal's out, shut up. That could have been a Dragoot. What? That could be a Dragoot. He has Dragoot. Yeah, that could be another one. He has two. That could be another one. Okay, it could be a boat. <laughs> it could be a boat. He's got the boat also. Look. That's <laughs> could be a yard. Could be that's, a... Not, that's not even the point anymore. <laughs> it could be anything. It could, it could be, be anything. <laughs> it could be anything. It just doesn't have to be King Boo. We get it. Yeah. King right. <laughs> Boo doesn't do anything. If you're striking King Boo, you've already lost. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. The, also, uh... King Boo is cuter. <laughs> Look, the Boos in Mario are super adorable. Really? I never found them adorable. I found them funny looking. Yeah. Like, they have this stupid tongue. Oh yeah. man, they're great. <laughs> All, All right. right. Um, okay. If those so, look like that, nobody would be scared. 
Well, uh, guy on Van Gods and the guy from last week on the subreddit, you have officially showed up two weeks in a row, which means uh, you get some kind of award for stupid, I guess. Um, we, we should really make up like a Darwin Awards or something for this. Okay. <laughs> The Morikawa Awards. I have a dream that one day the Vanguard community will be able to read and think critically. Yeah. You know what the worst part was? Like, I I, uh, I signed up for a job where I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement, and then I'm trying to put that job on my resume now, where I'm trying to figure out how to put it in there without violating the non-disclosure agreement, and it's really hard to look at the legal writing and like try not to zone out. I'm like, come on, reading is hard. Reading is hard. You can get through this. Reading is hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, well, uh, that is something you probably could have asked your supervisor: is how do I list my job descriptions without violating my non-disclosure agreement? Yeah, I um, I emailed her, so hopefully I get an answer soon. But yeah, anywho, uh, you can I'm find glad my job have a non-disclosure agreement. What? I'm glad my job doesn't have a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, same. But, well. This was like a temporary thing, so I kind of mm-hmm. get it, where I'm not supposed to be there for longer than like a month, but... Right. You, you know how that works. There's probably some, like, generic title they'll give to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, like, call yourself a systems, like, and like, yeah. something stupid, right? Uh, or you're yeah, like, you're probably just going to have to, like, make up a job description and then say that you were doing that through whatever temp agency yeah. that you got placed with. All right, yeah. my name is Atlas Novak, and I'm an office bitch. <laughs> I mean, like, they'll give, yeah. you a, they'll give you a title, right? Yeah. And then you'll just have to describe, like, oh, I just, um... And you'll describe something very vaguely. Yeah. Yeah, like, help much file everything. whatever stuff, yeah. enter items into a database, blah, 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 blah. Or, like, ma- manage, ma- like, managed and corrected database information for this mm-hmm. website. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it sounds almost impressive. It sounds almost <laughs> impressive, especially if it's like a company that people know. But anyway, right. um, you can you can find us on another company that people know, which is Twitter um, at Nexus at Night or me at Atlas Novak. Right, find me at Wiggums two Z's two Z's. You can find me at Plasma Eclipse. Or um, what was your blog again? Lightning Fish WordPress. Yeah, lightningfish.wordpress.com. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we hope you have a wonderful St. Patrick's Day. Please drink responsibly. I know I won't. Until next time, <laughs> I was Atlas. I'm Matt. And I'm Root Beer. And have a good night, everyone. Mm-hmm.